Oh my goodness, I love this place, love being here. I appreciate our young couples and bringing the kids. Amen. Uh, Amen. When I pastored North Carolina for 11 years, we had a, a tremendous number of young couples. In fact, we had one year we had 12 young couples expecting children the same year. Wow. And boy, that's amazing. And uh, we're either going to have to get more young couples in here or Jesse and Jessica, you're going to have to have more kids. And Kevin and Candace, I'm sorry, you're going to have to have more. Oh, we have to get more young couples in here. Got to have more. A lot more. A lot more. Got to have them. Got to have them one way or another. So pray about it. <laughs> All right. And then go ahead and have some more. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I wish you could know how much I love you and enjoy being around you. And uh, it's, it's good to see Michael Juanita here, isn't it? Isn't that great? It's good to see you. God bless you. Second Timothy 4, let's look at verses 1 through 8. If you stand, please. Second Timothy 4, 1 through 8. This is 9-11. I know you remember where you were and what you were doing 21 years ago on that Tuesday morning when 19 Islamic terrorists hijacked four commercial passenger jets, two of them crashed into the towers, one in the Pentagon, and one in the Pentagon, and one supposed to have been in the White House, but it detoured and hit the ground. But you have to remember that time. But uh, anyway, aren't you glad that we're here 21 years later and going forward and pray that the dear Lord protects this nation from anything like that again. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. <clears throat> I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou all things and do afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Now watch this. For I am now ready to be offered. The time my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them also, who love his appearing. Let's talk about Christian soldiers, if you will, please. Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for everyone here. What a wonderful occasion this is, and the privilege of just being in your house one more time. May it be wonderful, and may great things happen for your glory. Meet every need in every heart here this morning. And dear Lord, I praise you for all you do. For ask it in your name and with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. These are the last recorded words of the Apostle Paul, and he knew that his death was near because he said that in verse 6, the time my departure is at hand. The final words of men and women are usually stripped of any pretense or hypocrisy. You usually say what you mean when you know you're dying. No mincing words, no fooling around. You just say what you mean when you know you're dying. Napoleon, that great war general, said this, I died before my time. 
my body will go back to earth and be food for worms. Gandhi, the great Hindu leader who was disillusioned, said this, My days are numbered perhaps a year or so. All around me is darkness. Isn't that something? Talleyrand, a French statesman, said this, Eighty years have passed. Eighty years. What cares? What agitation? What anxieties? And all for nothing. Wow. Not so with the Apostle Paul. He had no regrets. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. And now I'm ready to go home and be with my Lord. Now that's, that's the way to do it. Amen. That's the way to leave this world. But what a challenge to us this morning as Christian soldiers. And Paul is writing to Timothy and it has kind of a military ring to it. And he's telling him the kind of Christian soldier he ought to be and the kind we ought to be also. And the first one, and listen to this, in our fight against sin, we must never lose our song. Amen. We are singing soldiers. And the apostle talked about that back in Ephesians 5. But in verses 1 through 5, Paul charges Timothy to preach the word. Stay by the stuff. Don't compromise. Don't quit. And just stay with it all the way through. You never can compromise the truth of the word of God. And we're told in Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and set it not. The truth is the most important thing in the world. Amen. And there's no greater privilege than for God's people or anybody for that matter to hear the wonderful truth of God's Word. The most wonderful privilege in all the world, the most important thing is the truth. And Jesus said, this truth will set you free. Amen. Get the truth down in your heart and mind and don't let go of it for anyone and live according to that truth and let it liberate you day by day. It'll, it'll make changes and wonderful things in your life. But there was a difference and there was a balance in Paul's life. Uh, while he was uh, not compromising, he was also compassionate. Hard to find that kind of a balance in a person. You wouldn't compromise the truth if it killed you. But at the same time, you're very tender, loving, compassionate. This man was steadfast, but he was sweet-spirited. He had that balance. Not too many do. Back in Ephesians 5 and 6, Paul is speaking of the Christian soldier in Ephesians 5 and 6. He mentions three things. He mentions a song, a shield, and a sword. And the first thing mentioned is a song. Isn't that strange for Christian soldiers? You'd think you'd say, wield that sword and hold back with that shield and guard against the fiery darts of the devil. But it didn't start out that way. You and I as Christian soldiers are to first of all have a song in our heart and making melody to the Lord. Don't lose your song. You can't do that. You don't make melody in your heart to the Lord. I can't sing. You know I can't sing. You've heard me sing. I can't sing. If you don't behave, I'll try it again. Just aggravate you. I can't sing, but I can have a melody in my heart to the Lord. Amen. And no matter what's going on in the world, no matter how I have to expose things or preach against things or look at things, I'm to never lose my song. That can rub off on you if all you do is point out what's wrong. I mean, you've got to do it. You, you don't compromise the truth if it causes your life. But here's the thing. You can't lose your joy in the Lord. Amen. 
My soul. We are singing soldiers. We go forward with a song in our heart. And that's what keeps us motivated. And that's what keeps us from getting sour on life. You don't want this stuff to rub off on you, ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to get like that out there. You can look at what's wrong so much and point out so much wrong and talk about it so much. It has a way of rubbing off on you. Don't let that happen. You ought to know where you stand with God and everybody else ought to know where you stand with God. But you don't have to broadcast it all the time and try to convince everybody. Your life speaks for itself and your testimony. Just keep going and keep that joy in your soul. That's a rare commodity anymore, is it not? It really is. Spirit-filled singers, that's amazing. I saw something on Facebook the other day, and it was this evangelist, Baptist fellow. Oh, he was he was ranting and raving and arrogant and talking about this and the politicians and all the rest of it. And just go and there's a whole lot wrong with it. I know that. A whole lot wrong with it. But I was so embarrassed for him for being so ignorant. And embarrassed for the rest of us that he claims to be part of us. Listen to me, I don't want any part of that. You can be a gentleman and deal with anything. Don't ever lose that. You can be a lady and have manners about you and deal with anything. You don't have to sire up and be arrogant and hostile and offensive. Our Lord wasn't that way, neither should you and I be. We're singing soldiers in our fight against sin. Don't lose your song. Don't lose your song. There's a thing you like to know what it is. Amen. Amen. Not only in our fight against sin, don't lose your song, but the second thing is, don't fail to encourage fellow soldiers. Amen. Don't fail to encourage fellow soldiers. Amen. So many get discouraged. And I, I marvel at pastors how easily they get discouraged. Pastors are supposed to be leaders, not followers. I can't do any good if I fall in behind you and find out where you are emotionally and what your mood or mindset's in. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to come in here and lead the way. Be your spiritual leader and hold my head up and go forward. And I'm not putting on. I'm a Christian soldier who still has his song. My goodness, I'm thrilled to be here today. I love it. I love it. But don't fail to encourage fellow soldiers. This is remarkable about Paul. Brother Doug, here he is, knowing he's going to die, and he's thinking about Timothy, his son in the faith, and not only Timothy, but 17 other Christians are mentioned in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 17 others. He's thinking about these others and how he can encourage him, them, and even though he knows he's dying. That's amazing. We must not fail to encourage fellow soldiers. In Ephesians chapter 6, the apostle likens the Christian life to an intense warfare. And it is against evil. And if you feel it's getting harder, it's not your imagination. The devil, knowing his time is shorter, he's intensifying his efforts, and he's trying to wear you down and get you discouraged and get you to quit. Don't let that happen. You're a soldier in the army of God, and it's an intense warfare. Is that a preacher? I'm I'm tired of the fight. I'm looking for a quiet place, maybe a Mayberry, USA. 
you know, just get away from it all and I don't want to do it anymore. Well, have you ever thought about Mayberry? None of them were married. Andy wasn't married. Barney wasn't married. Goober and Gomer wasn't married. Thelma Lou wasn't married. Helen wasn't married. Aunt B wasn't married. The only one that was married was Otis, and he stayed drunk all the time. <laughs> there is no Mayberry. You won't find it. If you don't get away from it all, and you've already got some peace and tranquility when you're going to your place of rest, you're not going to find it when you get there because it's inside you. You've got to get to where you're tranquil from within. And the only way you can do that, the only person who can do that through, is the sweet Holy Spirit of God. Amen. He can give you a song and a melody in your heart. Everybody needs to get away from it all. But if you're trying to get away from it all to find peace, you won't find it when you get there if you don't have it in you before you arrive. Amen. It's got to come from within. It's got to come from the dear Lord. And He's the only one that can give you peace in a hostile world where the battle's intense. And it is intense. But we're singing soldiers and we're Christian soldiers and we're marching into battle and we know the victory's ours. And by the way, we're not fighting to victory. We're fighting from it. We've already won it through Calvary and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just waiting till we get home. We're fighting along as we go. Don't fail. Don't fail to encourage each other. You've got to do that. You've got to do it. And as time goes by, go out of your way to encourage each other. You've got to do that. Call them. Go by and see them. Send them a text. Whatever you want to do. But stay in touch and let them know you care about them so very much. We must not leave any wounded behind. I read about Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss was a medic in World War II. And he went with his troops to fight in the Pacific. And there at Hacksaw Ridge, one of the worst, bloodiest battles ever fought in the Pacific because the Japanese occupied it. And it was called Hacksaw Ridge because it was straight up. And it had a, a flat plateau at the top of it. And the Japanese occupied that. Desmond Dolph was a medic. He was a Seventh-day Adventist. He would not carry a weapon. He would not carry a weapon. And the other soldiers mocked and made fun of him. And when he would pray, they'd throw their boots at him and make fun of him and mock him. But he stayed with those troops and he loved them. Even though they didn't care for him. And when they arrived at Hacksaw Ridge and tried climbing that, there were hundreds and hundreds of soldiers who lost their lives, Japanese there. But Desmond Dahl climbed on his hands and knees around through those bloody troops. Some of them had already died. Some of them were bleeding out. But he had tied a rope around them and drag them to the edge of the cliff and the medics down below would get a hold of those soldiers and Desmond Doss saved the 75 soldiers from bleeding out. He cared for his troops. He would not leave a one left behind. You and I ought to care even much more for each other than he did for them. Am I right? There's no price too high 
to save one of our own from despair and from winding up shipwrecked. We've got to care for each other. Don't fail to encourage fellow soldiers. Somebody needs your smile. Somebody needs your positive attitude. Lord, have mercy. I've around some people. I hope you're not one of them. I, and they don't have a good word to say ever. I Stay away from me. I don't want to be around you. Man, I, I want to try to help people, encourage people, and lift them up and say, hey, it, we're going to make it together after all. Amen. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. So don't fail to encourage discouraged soldiers. Galatians 6, 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's a third and final thing, and that is be sure to finish well. I want you to listen to this one. In verses 6 through 8, the apostle again, he said, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. Make sure you finish well. Oh, my. Amen. Now, you might think, boy, the apostle Paul, he set the standards so high. I could never... I could never attain unto anything like that. Well, wait a minute. He said in verse 8, and not to me only. This is for all of us. We don't have to be like the Apostle Paul. Just be the best Christian you can possibly be. And finish well. There's a wonderful truth about grace. That is, you can really mess up your life at the beginning. I mean, you can mess it up. You can, make, you can fall into all kinds of things and scar up your life and people never forget it. But here's the wonderful thing about grace. It treats the past as though it never happened. Amen. And you can get up and go again. And you can still finish right. Amen. You might mess it up along the way. You might fall and you might hurt yourself and hurt other people and wish a thousand times you'd never fall into that. But listen, forget about that. If you've made it right with God, get up and go on and finish well. It's not your past that defines you. It's how you finish. That's what defines you. Amen. How will you finish? Come on, first. Finish right. Yes. Don't let anything stop you. I got 51 years invested in this gospel ministry. I'm not giving that up for anything or anybody. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I started out for Jesus. I'll finish up for Jesus. I'm not looking for... Uh, a cheerleading squad or anybody else to give me an attaboy and say we're on your team. I like that and I appreciate that and everybody needs a good word. But I don't have to have that and you better not have to have it either. If you start out for the Savior, you better end up for the Savior. No matter what anybody else does. You keep going for Him. You say, preacher, I wish I hadn't done this and that and the other. Listen to me. Uh, the wonderful thing about grace is it gives more grace. James 4 verse 6. And there will always be more grace than there is anything else. You can't sin so much that grace is not abounding more than your sin. Thank God for that grace that abounds and keeps us going. And we're doing this for our Savior. Not doing it for anybody else. We're doing it for our Lord and Savior. He's the one that loved you, died for you, saved you, and gave you a home in heaven. He's the one you're living for and glorifying, right? Amen. You're doing this for Him. Don't be a quitter. Don't be half-hearted. I don't know which is worse, being half-hearted and pretending you're in or just being a quitter altogether. But don't be the one of those. 
you do your best for the Lord Jesus. And however you leave this world is however you'll face the Lord. Listen, there's nothing magical about heaven that's going to erase who you are. If you die a quitter, you'll face him as a quitter. If you've lived your life down here as a slacker, in and out, off and on, don't matter that much to you. If the church makes it, the church don't make it. If it goes forward, if it don't, I mean, I'm here, I've got my own life, and I might come back, I might not. You're going to die that way, you're going to face the Lord that way. There's nothing magical about heaven that's going to erase who you are. That's who you are here and there. Look at this. Verse 1, Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing? Now, judgment in that sense is not to see if you get to go to heaven. If you're saved, you'll be there and get used to the idea. Amen. I don't know where this came up. I guess it's Catholicism. I'm not sure about St. Peter being at the Golden Gate with a book and he opens them up and says, well, let's see if you've done enough good deeds to outweigh your bad deeds and might let you in. It's got nothing to do with it. That's right. If you're saved, you're going. But, it has nothing to do with your salvation about how you live as far as whether or not you get to go. It has everything to do with your service. Amen. Your service. You don't want to face the Son of God in marriage. Listen to this verse. 1 John 2.28 That some will be ashamed at His coming. That saved people. Yeah. Some will be ashamed and it's coming because you didn't live wholeheartedly for the glory of God. Listen, He gave everything He had for you. The least you can do is give everything you have for Him. Amen. Give it all you've got. You can't make a better investment than the Christian life. You cannot. You can put 30 years in a company and retire, and a week later they've forgotten you. But you can put 30, 40, 50 years in Christian service, and heaven remembers and you'll see that again. And listen, I want more than I want to breathe. I want my Lord to look at me and smile and say, Ron, even though you weren't the best preacher in town, even though you didn't have a whole lot going for you, you stayed with it and you loved me, and now welcome into the family. I want that more than I want anything. I want my Savior to smile at me and say, Son, thank you for not quitting on me. When I was growing up, I did everything I could to make my daddy proud of me and gain his approval. Don't you know I want my Heavenly Father to be proud of me? Oh my, don't you want that too, Christian soldier? Don't you want that too? It does matter how you live. Oh, you're going to heaven if you're saved. But you don't want to get in by the skin of your teeth, so to speak, do you? No, you don't want to go there and the Lord say, Well, I loved you, but you must not love me all that much because I'm looking at the record and it's not that impressive. Don't let that be your lot. Let him say of you, Thank you for being faithful to me, living for me loving me and living to help others. We're Christian soldiers, ladies and gentlemen. Don't lose your song, first of all. Don't lose your joy. And even though you get weary and you may fall, there'll be others around that'll crawl over on their hands and knees if they have to, like Desmond Dahl. 
and pick you up and say, come on, I'm not going to let you bleed out. We're going to make this together as a family. We're going to make it. And it makes sure you finish right. You may have messed it up along the way. We all have. But grace cleanses, washes, forgives, restores. And then you can finish up right. You may crawl across. You may not finish first. But just finish. And finish right. Christian soldier. Let's bow for prayer. Our musicians are coming. You've listened so well. I don't think I've ever enjoyed being with you any more than this morning. But this is not a game. This is not the Cub Scouts. Mm -mm. This is a Christian soldier. This is a fight to the finish. But it's a joyful fight. We're in the journey for the Lord. And the victory is ours already. If you're not in this army, you can be. If you're not sure you're saved, you can be. But don't pay any attention to what other people are doing in that sense. This is you and God. What are you going to do? Live your life for the Savior. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many could say, Preacher, I, I have been perfect. I'm like you, Preacher. I've dropped the ball. I've messed up at times. Thank God He forgave me and restored me. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I know I'm saved. I know it with all my heart. And I'm saved and sure. If you know you're saved, well, I see your hands are dead. Bowed hands high. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Is there a man, woman, boy, or girl in the room? You don't know for sure you're saved. You don't know if you died today you'd go to heaven. Oh, the sweet Spirit of God's loving on you and trying to encourage you to come forward and trust the Savior. Preacher, I'm not sure. I'm saved. Pray for me. Lift your hand, please. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. God bless you. Preacher, the Lord spoke to my heart about being a little careless. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I, no, I would never embarrass you. No, no. We've all failed. But what you do with it, are you going to get back up again? Are you going to wallow in your failure? Get back up and go again. Preacher, the Lord challenged me about getting in wholeheartedly for Him. Not, not the Fellowship Baptist Church. No. But for the Savior. I serve Him through the church, but it's for Him. And Preacher, the Lord challenged me about being wholeheartedly involved. Giving it my best mile for Him. And I want you to pray for me. You don't have to raise your hand. But I'm praying for you. And some of you have burdens today. God bless you. You came in here and you need somebody to crawl over like Desmond Doss did on his hands and knees. You're bleeding out spiritually. You're, you're hurting so. God bless you. You have things that's happened to you and you're hurting. And you need somebody to help you get back on your feet again. Then you come as well. And somebody might come pray with you, whatever you need to do. But let's stand, if you will, please. All the building. And Roger, what are we seeing today? Page 288. You sing it. And you come. You come as the Lord would have you to. You know the song you sing. This is for him. This is 
6 o'clock out here for the wonderful evening hour. The will of God concerning you. This is you and God. Not you and your neighbor, not you and your spouse. You. You and God. What God's will is concerning you. Good to see you today. God bless you. Have a good afternoon. Don't forget to drop by over at the Browns home between 2 and 5 for Larry's birthday. Frank, glad you came on in. Did you pray for us, please? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Father, to worship you this morning. Lord, I ask you all 
asking Father Allah to take this message this morning, Father, to apply it to our lives, so that we may reach the lost and dying world, that the call will go to reach the lost and dying world. I thank you, God, for uh, him in the Bible as the ruling guy for us, Father. Lord, I ask you to lead God to rest and have our way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.